G'day listeners and welcome back to a surprise episode of the Keeper League podcast with our fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm joined by Kays. How you going, Kays? Good, Hef. Yourself? Not too bad. And I'm joined by a very hungover Doss. Dossie, I don't think I've seen you in this state for... A very long time, anyway. Like a whole week. I'm fresh as a daisy, yeah, mate. Yeah. I'm good to go. What'd you do yesterday, mate? Just you, look like, you look like oh. you've just woken up. Just posted a picture on Twitter and uh, Golden Features has just replied saying, is this one live streamed? I don't think we'd get classification for live streaming how Doss looks <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah, like I was thinking about live streaming it, but yeah, I don't think Dossie, um, Dossie would appreciate that too much with the way he's looking right now. So You know when you go to the service station and you get like one of those burgers and you microwave them yeah. and they look like shit? Yeah. It's basically what Doss looks like. Speaking <laughs> of that, Dossie's chowing down on a vegetarian Whopper now as well, so. Yeah, anyway. Look, there's no evidence. <laughs> Although, yes, we do have the cameras unfortunately going. <laughs> as you're speaking with a mouthful of whopper. We've also got is. a bit of the hair of the dog here too. What have we got in your hands, Dossie? I've got a beautiful blue lag blue created blue. by Kays. It's, it's a fine drop too. Thank I will, you. I will give you that. It's um, it's a very delicate drop. I'm going to have a little sip. So what is, what is a blue lagoon again? It's vodka? Oh, vodka, beautiful. blue, curacao bit of lemon juice and garnish of um, orange with lemonade. With lemonade, yeah. Over ice. Look, it's fine. Nothing better. Nothing better. I yeah. can kind of see why you might not get, mm. you might, it, sorry, you not, might get out of hand after a couple of blue legs. So they just go booze, down. Yeah. They well, just yeah. go down so well. First time I've made them, so if it gets to Doss's tick of approval, it must yeah. be. Maybe it does. I might, I might have done well. start my own bar. It's going down <laughs> far too easy. But anyway, uh, Kays, you kind of, I guess you kind of orchestrated this pot a bit. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing here today? Um, yeah, well, just thought, you know, season's done. People always want to, you know, a bit of time for reflection, a bit of time for looking ahead. Yeah. Um, you know, we go through week by week and what people should be doing, you know, so much. But, you know, maybe it's a good good time to reflect on how our teams went or maybe some good decisions that we made, some bad decision, decisions we made. Plenty some of players who surprised us or, um, you know, let us down. And, you know, maybe a few people that we should have uh, a look for next year. And I suppose the thing right at the end, which is definitely worth listening to, is who's actually on our buses because we get asked this question all the time. <laughs> True. Who's on my bus? Who's in Hef Station Wagon? And who's on mm. Doss's uh, Greyhound? Double-decker. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. But uh, we'll, mover. we'll divulge that a bit later. <laughs> but uh, just a nice little, uh, I suppose, light-hearted recap of um, how our years went and, you know, who we like the look of. All right. We'll get stuck into the podcast in a second. Uh, Manscaped, though, have decided to jump on for the off-season as well, which is great because we're not releasing that many podcasts. But Magic. They're sticking around, but I thought we'd better give them a plug. Uh, in between just so we can uh, yeah, still hold up our end of the bargain. So they have released, Kays, the Platinum Package 4.0. It's right. now available in Australia. Mm-hmm. Do you know what this is? No, hit me. Basically, it's everything. So like it's got the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker that you're a nose hair trimmer, mm-hmm. Ultimate Premium Body Wash, which I'm getting sent apparently. Sweet. Um, Ultimate Premium 2-in-1 <laughs> Shampoo and Conditioner. And ultra premium deodorant, crop preserver, anti-ball chafing deodorant, and the crop reviver ball spray toner. Also comes with a pair of the boxes. Love the boxes. And the travel bag as well. So, so basically, it's just everything that they have got in one package. So, yeah. I'm excited about the shampoo and conditioner. Yeah, it should be good. Um, I have you know don't really have a lot of hair these days, and neither do you, but Dossie's no. got a bit, so he might be able to use it as he, yeah. as he wipes his nose on his Hungry yeah. Jack's napkin. <laughs> I'm worried that Doss might not make it through. I'm, yeah, starting to have some concerns. I'm but legitimately fresh as a daisy. Okay, I'm okay. Good. You don't look fresh as a daisy. No, Are you dehydrated daisy? Yeah, it's a very dehydrated yeah. daisy. But more, like right. a, more like a weed, a sour salt more than anything. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, Manscaped, it's the leader in the world, basically, for below-the-waist grooming. Um, if you want to get your hands on this package, head to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Use the code KEEPER20. That's KEEPER20 for 20% off and free shipping. Now, we'll get stuck in a second, but uh, yeah, hold on to, make sure you listen through to the end because I think got a bit of news, I guess, or a bit of an announcement to make at the end. We so, do. Yeah, just hold on to the end. Some big news at the end, so make sure you're listening through. But we'll get stuck in. Kays, what's the first thing you want to talk about? Rightio, so um, I suppose I'll semi-host this one if you want then, Hef, so yeah, do to it. kind of go through what my, my, my brain's going through, but so we look at our home legs first up and, you know, um, you know, we live and die by the sword. We give out lots of recommendations about the preseason stuff. But start off with our, probably our, our, our biggest flop of the year. So who was someone in your home league that you backed in at the start of the year and the decision was absolutely stinky? So that's, uh, that's the first player we want to look at. So I'm happy to go first if you want, Hef. Sure. Do it. Lockie Ash is the guy who, mm. I don't think he cost me a flag in the end, but uh, look, he was a keeper for me, um, one of my 16 that I kept, and I backed him in to have a breakout year. Now, 
If you look at his scores, he only had two scores over 80. And uh, the worst thing is, I think, is I resisted multiple trade offers for him. And basically, by the end of the season, he was GWS's main tagger. So, um, a guy who thought I could, who generally break out, be an 85 plus defender, um, you know, he's he's got he's got fantasy game. But mm. uh, yeah, he's just basically a tagger. I suppose the only thing maybe next for next year is that with uh, Taranto and, and Hopper. Uh, Hopper gone, does yeah. this uh, does this kind of open up a spot in the midfield for Ash? Not sure, but that's not what we're talking about. But yeah, he, he let me down royally this year. Yeah, the tagging thing. You, you thought he like you thought at worst he'd be that juicy halfback flanker still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the tagger thing really threw off a bit. I spent a lot of time on the wing as well, where he just couldn't get into it, and they rotated so many players on that wing this they year screwed, as well. So. They screwed Ash this year big yeah. time. We'll see how it goes. At least he's going to stay and you know be part of the. A midfield that's going to be kind of lacking next year a bit, or losing a few. So yeah, yeah, he's he's one who could definitely bounce back, but uh, for this year he was uh, he's not my friend. My biggest flop is quite obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for mine. So guy drafted in his first season, thought he was like the steal of our draft. I think I actually got him as a rookie lister in our league. You were the president of the fan club too. I, I was. That's uh, James Warpool. So he had a massive end to the Corona Ball year, had a 96 BCV average for the year, but he was really good in the second half of the season, but he just put up some massive scores. That was the year Tom Mitchell was out with the broken leg, I mm-hmm, believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, backed him in after last year, had a 78 average. I thought he might have just been adjusting to life with Tom Mitchell back in the side, but just so many players went ahead of Warpool this year. Newcomb, um, then later on, Darcy, uh, Dylan Moore sorry, came in to the midfield, just pushed him out. Josh Ward was there in favor of him, a rookie. Even Connor Nash was kind of in there before he was. <coughs> so, yeah, he was one that really screwed me. Could be viable if he gets traded because he has that fantasy value. But for me, he's on the outer. I'm not keeping him next year. I can't really fit him in. Not keeping him. Unless he gets traded and there's like a huge preseason hype, perhaps. But at the moment, he's on the outer. What so about if Titch know. gets tra- traded? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it depends. I've got Titch too, so I don't know. <laughs> um, we'll have to wait and see. Like, I just still can't see him moving in there because like the, the issue with him is he's like not a great user. And I think Mitch, Tom uh, Sam Mitchell wants... Better users in there, or at least good grunt players in there too. Which John so, Newcomb is, and yeah, exactly. Moore is, and Ward looks like a star. Yeah, so I just don't think he's high up on the pecking order because mm. I think Sandwich has no problem just you know pushing people to the back of the line if he needs to. So yeah, he's got to get a fresh start, I reckon. I think so too. Dossie, do you have a flop for the year? You only started your I, keeper league this year, but yeah, no, I do though, um, and it's a man that might be mentioned a couple of times mm. um, in good, good mentioned in a good light the rest of the time, right? But, Fiorini has to be probably the flop, but no thanks to um, his own ability. It was all thanks to somebody else um, higher up. <laughs> you just have managed um, to write a little ditty about. Yeah. Yes. So just spoiler alert, this guy's also front seat of the bus uh, coming up. But yeah, Braden Fiorini averaging 72 points this year, playing 13 games. Um, whenever he played, he got you know shitty rolls, low time on ground. But coming into this year... I genuinely thought he was going to be a pretty safe, you know, 90 to 100 at least. And then, you know, thinking maybe he could go a little bit better, seeing as they actually lost Hugh Greenwood in the offseason and he had a, you know, pathway to more midfield time. And then mm-hmm. anyway, obviously they just decided to go full youth, go Took, um, Took, Anderson, Raul and, you know, a bunch Rao of other guys. back in. Yeah. Where, where did you draft him? Oh, it probably Did you go high. Like, I probably went early. I'm trying to remember, but you know me. Yeah. I, I needed. Oh, I needed. Look, him on I'm my asking team. that question because he could have gone pick one for all yeah, I know. He, yeah, he could have. I'm trying to remember where I picked him, but um, I didn't. I wasn't silly with it. Yeah. But at the same time, the problem <laughs> the problem was I was never going to drop him to the waiver. Yeah. And it basically took a spot with our shallow bench. We yeah. had such a shallow bench, and he was sitting there all year. And I just. Like, I honestly probably lost a final because of it. So, um, that's why he's there. But Classic. Yeah, no fault of his own. He's still the GOAT. Uh, next up, so still in our home legs, who was the biggest win? So, whether you had a gut feel that paid off, whether you uh, picked someone up nice and early in a draft that paid off, or whether you held someone, you know, um, and they kind of were borderline keeper and they went to the next level. So... Um, for me, uh, Shannon Hearn would have to be the, the gut feel that paid off for me. So, uh, as you probably know, if you listen to the last podcast we did, I lost the grand final, which is very on brand for me. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was really just trying to top up my team and um, I thought Shannon Hearn would be some great value. Took him in round two. So, that's pick 215 overall. And he ended up having a career high 92 average this season, 
popped out eight tons. Um, and obviously, thinking my list was good enough to contend, he was a he was a great addition and was probably. He was actually my player of the finals because yeah. uh, he was actually a guy who uh, was the only guy who tunned up in both finals for me. So, um, yeah, just, um, you know, obviously it helped that uh, West Coast were pretty shit and he was getting a lot of kick-ins and stuff. But, so consistent. You know, if, you, if you're around the mark, I think it's just a bit of a, a tip. Just we always want to chase that next big breakout player. But um, end of the day, there's always some good, you know, experienced players who are put back on waivers. And if you are contending, don't be afraid to pick up like guys who have proven, proven scorers, I think is kind of the little takeout from that. Yeah. I, I like that one as well. Like I was, I was going to take him to pick after you, I think, or if you didn't take, if someone didn't take someone else, that was my next go. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had a similar feeling that, yeah, he would be, I, I, was, I was also thinking of the, um, the retirement game as well, yeah. the retirement yeah. season as well. And, I thought, yeah, if West Coast were going to, like, by the sounds of the t- at the time of the draft, West Coast were going to be down the ladder, I was thinking he could have, like, a huge, you know, grand final week or help you in finals if he was going to be retiring. So, yeah, that was another thing I was kind of thinking of as well. So, nah, I like that uh, pick there, that's for sure. Hef, who's your uh, gut feel that paid off? It was the Lizard, Nick Blakey. Yeah. So, I did spruik him a bit in the preseason as well, but um, there wasn't a lot of... Oh, I thought that was I thought that was quite compelling evidence for him to be going well this year, but not many people agreed with me too much, but... He scored. He averaged seventy six this year, so he's still kind of up and down. And he had like a real hot spell from probably rounds four to eight or around there, where he was looking real good. But he's still managed a twenty one point improvement on last season, and he cemented his spot in the best twenty two, which he was kind of in and out of the year before as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last six weeks of last year were the big indicators for me. That move to the halfback flank. And, like, you looked at his numbers and they weren't that great, but people kind of didn't realise that he got injured in two of those games and he still put up reasonable scores. Um, and just the kind of style of play he was getting across that halfback, like Sydney backline that do chip around a bit when they're on top. Um, he was, you know, intercept marker or could take a few intercept marks, but rebounding, you know, that run and dash for the middle. Even though it wasn't in an abundance last year, it was still kind of there. So, mm. And wasn't it, wasn't it last year... Like he only got switched to the halfback last like, six weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yes, yeah, last six weeks. I think he missed two through injury still in those. Like, so last six games he played. So I think it was last eight weeks or something. Mm. But yeah, like in in two of those games he put up sixties and then sat out the third quarter type thing. So they probably should have been like eighties type thing if he actually played. Yeah, he's played a couple of good finals this year too. Yeah, like just looked good. I don't know the scores are there. I haven't really been paying too much attention. Not to fantasy scores, but but, yeah. but he's just looked the looked the goods. Yeah. And cons- he's got a lot of scope to improve now as well. Seeing as Jake Lloyd is. Completely washed up, right? He's dead, Case. <laughs> He's dead. Completely dead. <laughs> he didn't go too well yesterday, Lloyd. Though. No, he Actually, didn't. But, uh, oh, Case has put the races up. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> nah, well, he got, didn't he? He had a 60 or something last night. He would night. have got like, yeah. attention and stuff, though. Yeah. All right, Dossie, what was your biggest win? Your My biggest feel? win? Yeah, I think I ha- I, it came down to two, but I think you'll find them both. They might seem obvious to start with, but I'll explain mm-hmm. a little bit why. So... Will Brody was one, the, just the gut feel, but I feel like that's kind of just, that was a consensus in the fantasy community. So well, I'm not going to claim that. Considering I think 75% yeah. of people. Exactly. So I'm not, I'm not going to claim that, but it did pay off and I was happy. I wasn't probably expecting it to even maybe pay off as well as it did, I will say. I think in a classic world, he was a like a given, yeah. but in a keeper world, I still don't think he was like mm. as safe an option. Like, yep. you know, because he would have had to, he had a career best season, obviously, but I don't yeah. think- I mean, I was, there was I, questions I about job that. security and stuff yeah, like exactly, You had to exactly. sort of weigh up where you were going to draft him. But yep. no, the one that I'm going to say paid off, and I'd even suggest the listeners to think about this if you are doing a startup keeper for next year, is I went super early on, well, what I considered normal, but what others considered super early on drafting Nick Dacos. Mm-hmm. So the number one pick in the draft, this is a startup keeper we had. I think I picked him in like the fourth round or something. And, you know, got a few a few funny looks when I went that early because you still got really superstar players yeah. on the board there. But <clears throat> going so early on these guys, like he's he's the one of the top keepers like every year now, if not already a top 10 keeper. Yep. So it's like I drafted him in the fourth round. I'm just looking at like next year, right? A Will, Ash- a Will Ashcroft. Yep. Don't be afraid to go early if you are doing a startup keeper. Obviously, he's like number one off the board in your redraft. Mm-hmm. Um, but... If you're doing a startup, I wouldn't be afraid to go early because that was the gut feel that I was like, I'm just so happy he's in my team now and I'm going to keep him every bloody year. Do you think there was a chance though that you could have like waited a round or two and got two more players and then got him like going in the fourth round? Nah, he would have. I feel like I got him at the perfect time. Yeah. There there was a risk he was going to go. It's that risk for you. Would you rather not have him? And I don't care. That's what what I'm saying. Go early because, you know, I feel like he's going to be the top keeper. For years to come, so mm-hmm. why not just back him? Where in? do you see his role long term? Because there's talk, there's talk of Tom Mitchell coming in. You look at Josh. I know he's a different type of player who's starting to play on a bit more. I yeah, think, Fiorini, nah. yes, of course. Yeah, like, I think 
I think definitely in the midfield. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I think so too. But like, even if he stays yeah. back, he was like, like a forty yeah. disposal midfielder in his juniors. They're just protecting at the moment because they've got the cattle to still yeah. win games. And you know, I mean, I was I was surprised that um, honestly, coach Coach Dossie would have um, probably popped him in the midfield when he's getting this the Ryan Clark, Ryan Clark tag. tag. I'm just yeah. surprised they never went with it because Except if you put him forward, if you put him yeah. in the midfield, mm. then they're going to have to run Clark in the midfield if they want to keep that tag and one of Parker or Mills or something has to leave. So, yeah, yeah I was pretty surprised I didn't go with that. But yeah, he's a midfield long term. It's a fair call. Uh, next one is, I'm going to call it the top underperform. So, whether you had like, it doesn't have to be someone you own. This is stepping away from your keeper legs and stuff like that. <laughs> Both of us, we own ours. We own <laughs> but uh, is there someone that you kind of, you know, we, we talked up someone in the preseason that kind of let you down and I want to know, are they actually no good or can they come good? So, um, mine's Zach Bailey. Uh, I actually traded him in for Matt Rao at one point this year. Basically, after watching him live um, when the Lions played the Crows, I think, at Adelaide over this year. And look, danger signs. Like, he only averaged 70 this season in his fifth year. Only put up the one ton. And, and for me, he's still too reliant on goals. Now, I'm hopeful he be- can become the midfielder. But, you know, writing these notes a couple of weeks ago, I was a bit worried about, you know, whether he's a keeper for me next year. But what I've seen in the final series, the three games he's played, he averaged 90 in the finals this year. He didn't quite crack the ton, but had, you know, some really good mm. games. Had a couple 20-plus gamers, but, you know, we didn't see Lions in the in the midfield much. And, and Bailey was in there and was actually looking really good. Like, it's it's like he kind of rose to the occasion of the finals. Now, hopefully we can see him kind of continue that next year. Um, if he's still got the forward status next year, I think he's a, obviously a definite keeper. But, you know, I need him going from being that 70 average to a 90 average, do I believe, you know, at round 23, I was probably going to be like, no, nah, I don't think he's quite that guy. I think he might be more quality over quantity. But what I've seen in the three finals, um, I'm, I'm loving that. He's yeah. just a star. It's whether or not he can get those ceiling games, like you say, yeah. and, and the midfield is the way to start getting them. But The midfield's so deep. Though as and well. Devin and Devin Robertson looks like he's going to move in there too. Yeah. And then Will Ashcroft coming in. Like he's going to fill yeah, in as well. True. Like yeah. it's, yeah, that's the issue I see. And then like, with Brisbane, like, just historically, they've been up for four years now, you know. Historically, you see them fall back a little bit as well. Now, does that help his chances? I don't know. But when he's a goal-reliant type of player yeah. and they're not scoring as well, like, if, if they don't score as well, if they're not winning as many games going forward, there's every chance they still be guns. But, like, just historically, you see teams up that pointy end, you know, top four kind of range for maybe four or five years mm. max, really, and then they fall away. They, they're at that four-year mark now. They could be a team that slides a bit as well. And that might help. That might hurt him a bit too. I'm interested to see what happens pre-season, but off what I've seen in the finals, and I don't love to base lots of fantasy stuff on finals because finals are a completely different game. But um, what I've seen the last three weeks, I'm, I'm a bit more. The cream does rise in finals though, but game styles kind of change, and you know, like True. it's a different. Finals footy is different to round, you know, one to twenty-three yeah. kind of footy. So that's that's my only issue with. Well, finals I guess you look stuff. at Max Gorn's finals last year, and then look at his season. It's a bit mm. different. Yeah. Anyway, um, my underperformer was Jai Caldwell, yeah, good player one. Yeah. I backed in. Um, average seventy-three as a mid only. I think it was still quite an improvement on last or last season. He barely played. I think he only had two games. Actually, no, probably averaged more because he had a hundred round he one did. last year and then, and then got injured. Back, yeah. Oh, better like forty when he got injured though. Um, but yeah, seventy-three um, average mid. Mid only too. Um, just a couple of injury concerns throughout the year or late, later on in the year. But yeah, because he missed of all of last year, I thought I expected a slow start. Um, but I thought he might go like a little bit better. I thought he might be around the 80 average mark this year. So make or break season next year. And it just depends on the role for him as well. I think whether he plays mm. that tagging role, whether he gets mm. shunted forward a bit. And what happens at Essendon? Like there was talk of trading a few midfielders out earlier, but now there's not as many. New coach. coach. New coach, yeah. 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 Who bloody knows? So. Jimmy Hurd. I mean, old coach, the same coach. Yeah. 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 Well, you- <laughs> <laughs> but you do kind of see that like, you know, even um, uh, Josh Dacos or Peter Dacos was talking about it a couple of weeks ago. Like, how much McRae coming in, like he just wanted to back in Josh Dacos and we've seen how good he's become as a mm. footballer. So sometimes all it needs is that coach switch and, yep. you know, you can be from one of those guys who's teetering on being on the edge of being a star and then, you know, you just need that push and they do take the next step. So yeah. Yeah. Caldwell could be one of them. What's your gut feeling, Caldwell? Comes good or is he done? Is he dust? <sighs> no, I think there's scope there. I think the style of player he is, like the stuff that we saw when he was GWS early on, like he was just accumulating touches without necessarily people noticing it kind of thing. And I think Essendon's, Essendon's year was a complete write-off this year. So I'm, I'm happy to give him another year and back him in. I, I wouldn't be putting him to a waiver. You're in the same boat? I'm the case on that, yeah. yeah. I, I'm still 
still kind of see the pathway for him to get that mid-time when Shield kind of, you know, gets pushed out. Yeah. And there's still just like, you know, he's still super young. I'd give him a bit of time. He's yeah. borderline keeper. For it's me t- moment, it's tough yeah. though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doss, what's your uh, the performer? Gonna, I was going to say Patrick Dangerfield. Um, yeah. Drafted him, you know, didn't didn't sell the farm to draft him. It was a fine, fine pick, but mm-hmm. 76 points and, you know, missed a bunch of games. And you can see what he's doing now in the finals, what he is actually capable of. That was ridiculous. But that to me is just, that's just now going to be how he goes about his season, I feel. I don't think we're going to see another Dangerfield season where he's almost like, you know, weekly. Is he going to be a weekly fieldable option? That's what I want to know going forward. Because like- I reckon he's 15 games a year or something like that. Yeah, and then- you know, even this year, during the year, we didn't see performances that we saw there. It was kind of like he was, you know, he's tapering, just holding himself back, and then he's going to push for finals. Like, I don't know. That's just that, my feeling. We know that fantasy, AFL fantasy is very lenient with um, position changes and stuff, and mm. you're going to need that 30 35% to get forward status. Get forward, yeah. Does he get forward status mm. next season? Because, like, when he was his 300th game, he pretty much sat forward for the whole game. Mm. End of the season, when he was kind of coming back from injury, he kind of spent a lot of time up forward. Yeah, it's so hard because you, you, like, you see a lot of stars that are genuine superstars over their career, like your, yeah. like your Pendles. Even Selwood for a bit there was like, Still very fieldable. Cochin at the moment this year had like a stretch where he was super fieldable. Mm. It's like they always have their moments. Mm. He just um, might be a good like cheap trade option. Like he's someone a forward, trying though, to kind that, of get rid of it's an It's a old good player. point if he's a forward though, because yeah. he can go on these, you know, he's still obviously an amazing yeah. player. It's just I feel like he's just, you know, cruising but during he, the He's yeah. someone season. to me like Dusty Martin kind of was mm. like, yes, he's got forward status, but still he was only a 72 average player. Mm. Like, yeah. It's great that Dusty's got forward status, or it might be great that Danger's got it, but if he's only going to play 70% game time and 15 games a year like that that said the traders put out a thing saying that there was only that looks like there's only going to be one player who averaged over 90 and two that averaged over 80 or something like or 85 or something next season in fort in the forward line so ben case mm. is one <laughs> i don't think he played enough i reckon dylan moore is probably going to be the best averaging forward there's one more there's one more that's big. who was the other one i can't remember but there's a there's another big averaging forward we don't talk about the superstars they're too good for no, our podcast no, anyway <laughs> um next on yeah, next one uh so is the top uh outperform player so the guy who you just kind of didn't see their season coming like you were like nah no way i'm drafting him and then bang like oh, he was a legitimate legitimate <laughs> gun so and once again, I want to know, is this a flash in the pan or is this a mm. legitimate kind of um, thing going forward? So, um, I'll start off, probably not necessarily the age demo we want to talk about, but I think i got to give uh, kudos to Mark Blitzarves. 90 mm. average this season. He went at pick 264 in our league. Um, you know, I was kind of looking, I think I took Max Lynch around the same time as that. And we obviously know the season he had and we know the season that Mark Blitzarves had. My only issue is he's 31. Like, is that an issue... At all, you know, Geelong don't really care about age. They just play guys until they're, you know, basically dead. Um, can we see another 90 average season from Mark Blitzarves? Because he's going to have, he'll have to have back back ruck again, won't he? Well, yeah, no, he's, mm. he's still playing ruck on the week. Yeah, he yeah. should be back so, ruck. So then, is, yeah. he, is he a keeper? That's, that's yep. it's a massive, massive question, I reckon. Yeah, I've, I've thought about this too, because I've got him in my league as well. And what a year though, like yeah. you just fielded him every single week. He also had that swing ability to chuck him in the ruck if you needed, yeah. which I did at times this year as well. So such a handy player. But yeah. it, if next year they change their ruck setup, he is completely irrelevant again. Mm. Like it's so dependent on that role. So God, it's a tough one. Because I've thought, I'm like, look, he could be the guy for me that, I could genuinely see myself not keeping him because the scope of him repeating this, yeah. like, it's tough because I just the role for me, I'm so so nervous about it. So, How, I, could you chuck someone averaging that high back in the pool though? I agree, but the other yeah. thing is, is anyone going to want to trade him in? Like, that's mm. the other Like, he's question. got no trade value yeah, because that's everyone one. knows. Everyone's yeah. on the same page. Like, yeah. one yeah. role change and he's a 50, like. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, I think with the scarcity, oh, I don't know, Rucks have just scarred me. Like, I am so concerned mm. about what I'm going to do with Rucks next year. Like, I've got Lysette and my next best was Reeves. And I'm looking at keeping both of them next year just out of panic. Like, what if I don't have a Ruckman <laughs> at all? Like, and then you go to the draft and there's no one there. Yeah. Or, yeah. Like, if, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm mm. thinking about even, like, just taking a punt on Reeves. I'm hoping Reeves gets forward status mm. for the back end of so his year. So, you're kind of, you're, you're valuing these DPPs just to just to have that coverage anyway. Yeah, exactly. Well, especially yeah. if he's got Ruck, yeah, yeah, true, ruck status. Like, that's the main back factor ruck is more than cheeky. anything. I don't really give a shit about the back status, to be honest. It's the Ruck mm. status that this yeah, year yeah. was so hard to come mm. by. Um, yeah. But anyway. F, uh, who was your uh, outperformer? Oh, Dylan Moore, it'd have yes. to be. Yes. 
But more though, I just did not expect him to go into the midfield like that. Did like, you, are you an owner and you were always- Nah, Kays oh, loved him. Okay. Kays loved, loved him. No, yeah. but you, I know- so you do you have him though, or are you just no, saying no, okay? No, okay. just no, my. This is not. An, this okay, is sorry, I didn't know if you had to. Just yeah, didn't no. expect like mm. this kind of output because like we saw the first. I think it was the first eight rounds or seven rounds where he scored really really well. But what was happening was he'd like kick three goals in the first quarter, he'd be on fifty at like quarter time, yeah. and then finish on ninety for the game, hundred for the game, <laughs> stuff like. That. Oh, I hate ninety averaging <laughs> forwards. Yeah, let me finish. But like the, the thing is, like I'd say, like well, obviously what happens is that like, we just haven't really put time into Dylan Moore we'll lock down this forward so they just can't do that and we'll kind of hold him back. And that started to happen from like round about round eight to about round 12 because he was only averaging like 75 through those rounds. And then after that, it was just like, all right, chuck him in the midfield and he was just a gun after that. So Seventh highest averaging yeah. forward this year. He's going to be the number one next year. Better than Duncan, be the number Marshall, one. Heaney, Rosie, Butters, you, Berry. He'll be the number one average. Do you guys think he plays, season? you know how they've, chucked him kind of in the midfield but then at the end of the season we saw a little bit more yeah. forward again I don't know. where does he play Kays? is he is he inside mid Do you know wing what? or forward I reckon he's like a I don't want to say poor man's because I reckon he's just as good he's like a Jordan Dugowie like he can play forward he can play midfield like I'd rather have Dylan more than Jordan Dugowie but yeah, then 100% but people, <laughs> yeah. but people rate you know yeah, like yeah. Oh, yeah. They, you know people get I mean, real footy, we've got real to a footy, point yeah. now where Dugowie's best position is clearly in the midfield. Yeah. Do you think that's going to be the same with Moore if he's that sort of top player? I think he's just that little bit too small to be a, like in and out mm. gun in the midfield. Yeah. But like I reckon he's just so, like that's what I loved about him last year. Like his footy smarts are like out of this world. He's just yeah. like a he's a proper footballer, and I reckon you could play him anywhere and he'd do really well. And yeah. I and I think he's got that hunger. Like yes, he like he's, he's, week, yeah. week to week he might not always he's be on the oak. best. You know, he, 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 is, he might not, he might be on the wing or forward or whatever, and he might not always hit like big scores. But you know that he wants that footy, and that's what I love about yeah. Dylan Moore. Anyway, yeah, he was my um, outperformer again. Just didn't like if I reckon if he would have sat forward in, in, in his initial role, he wouldn't have been this good this year. But that move to the midfield, I just did not see coming, and that just threw him through the roof. So yeah, yeah. Um, yours, I'm going to go with uh, Darcy Cameron. Mm. And I think he's super hard to tell as well. Um, we're talking this segments about like your flash in the pan, right? As well. Yeah. What happens with him next year? Obviously, Grundy's out the door. You'd think. Mm. Um, that's kind of seeming like that's going to happen. But you've still got him and Cox there. Um, don't know if you know Cox has re-signed for a year. I'm just. Does he continue to? Um, thrive as a, as a sole ruck? Are they going to keep running with two rucks? Like, is there someone in the wings? I think they've still got, like, plenty, a couple of tools in the VFL that can come through, play that dual ruck with him. Do you think he can continue just, um, you know, going about his business as a ruckman next year? I think so. I think they're actually going to get rid of Grundy because I think that's... Yeah, no, I, I think that's going to happen too. So, yeah. It's just, like, he's kind of been... He went through that stretch of, you know dominating for a bit there yeah, and then kind of tape it off when they brought in the second ruck. But some of his shitter weeks weren't due to like the second ruckman came in but they weren't really due like he still seemed like he had the same amount of time it's just like he didn't get his hands on the footy as much like Mm. I don't know like I don't think any of his or maybe one or two weeks where they had Mason Cox being the number one ruck Mm. who I don't think has longevity as a number one ruck like there was like one week where Cox came in but Cox still played forward he just had a shit week and everyone was just going like oh he's done but then next week he got like 90 so yeah I think if he's if Grundy goes, he's yeah, I'm, I'm on yeah. board. Yeah. No, and and that's why it was that was why it was such a surprise yeah. our performance. Like I traded for him <laughs> right as that kind of run started. I think yeah. I gave up like Jed Anderson, and I was like, well, this is it's still a risk. Yeah. Like at the time, because you thought Grundy was coming back. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Good. Good signs. My my question with Cameron is is like, I you know say Grundy goes and he's their number one ruck. Like sure he'll be a solid number one ruckman, but are we thinking he's a lot better than he actually is? Like he's an eighty-two average ruck. I know that's like, yeah. and that's the thing. Like, have we because he went back big in you know classic and got all that hype because he went you know everyone got some draft bargain or you know waiver wire bargain in in um, draft legs. Like he's actually just like an okay ruckman. Like he's not a gun. You know, like he's not a top five ruckman. He's just a really solid contributor. Well, that's why it's tough because I think if he is a sole ruck, if he doesn't have this Mason Cox kind of issue, he's like a ninety five to hundred though. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's a t- it's a tough one, but I th- I feel like um Hef, I'm kind of thinking he'll be fine next year, plus yeah. maybe even improve significantly. Now on to some uh, twenty twenty three. You know, Doracle, Oracle. I don't know if you've got any echo in you, Hef, but. Uh, Who's your two G4P breakout contender next year? So, someone who's going to hit 80-plus average. Now, uh, I've got a couple. Uh, you know, a guy, we probably did two G4P at some stage purely because Doss kept talking about him week in, week out. 
Luke Jackson is the guy I think who's going to go like genuinely solidify himself next year as a proper um, 2G4P player. He actually only, uh, what did he even average this year? It was like 71 he averaged this season. But I think the move to the West, I'm hoping West Coast. I just, oh. I just honestly don't see oh. the. But like, why do like he might want to go to Fremantle? The Fremantle might want him, but like maybe if Lob goes, like, but that's what why good they want does him? he want? But mm. what good does he really hold to Fremantle? Like Sean Darcy's a fantastic ruckman, you know. No offense to Bailey Williams, my boy at uh, <laughs> at the Eagles, but like Nick Nat is yep. on his way out. He's like, got a pathway to have that sole like, ruck. Correct. And that's uh, where his potential is at its max. That's where he can make his most money as a player. That's correct. where he can have the most impact. So like I think I'm all in. I'm all in either way, which I, whichever club he goes to, because I think they're going to let him do what he needs to. Um, but I think if he can get to West Coast and be that number one ruckman, Sean Darcy like actually got forward status last year because he was playing that much time forward. So they've Fremantle have not been afraid to actually play him up forward as but well. But I don't love the, the split. The split. That's the thing. If he goes to West Coast, he's still probably going to split for another season though. But then he's got that pathway. But Nick Nat is like yeah, plays no. ten games a year. But they now, love unfortunately. Him. Like, they yeah, love and that's him. that's fine. Yeah. I'm not I'm not denying that. But yeah, like, yeah. and that's that. But I think the more left field one, the uh, third year breakout. Delayed third year breakout, I should say, because um, he's actually coming into his fourth year, is Miles Bergman. So, average 69 this year in his 10 games. What I love, Carl Amon is gone. And I reckon that just frees up a great little spot, like a permanent mm, spot, good call. a fantasy friendly spot for the Berg. And uh, delayed third year breakout looming for Miles. Yeah, I like that one. Especially the, other, the one of my guys I've got on my 2G4P breakout contender is Kane Farrell. Same, who I love him. moved to the halfback flank um, in the last three or four games of the season as well. So that's just another winger out of the way. Yeah, I can just see Bergman just going straight into that. So, yeah, we'll just move straight into mine because I've already said one. So Kane Farrell is one of mine because I think that halfback flank is going to suit him. He took a heap of kickouts oh, late in the game as so well. so good late in the season. Yeah, um, and I think he put out some big scores towards the end as well from a memory of one or two big scores anyway. So he won, he's one I think he would just play across halfback, use his elite peg and just dominate there. The other one is another pretty similar type player, I guess, is um, Ed Richards. I yep. think he's going to go neck level next year as well. The 80 average, I think that should be coming. I think um, if Dunkley goes, Trelaw probably goes back into that midfield. Um, and then, yeah, that, that halfback line is just his really to mop up. Because Caleb Daniel, we already saw a, a regression there. And Who's Bailey Dale, to a degree, we saw a regression yeah, too. Yeah, that too. So Ed Richards seems to be the next guy in there. And he just showed he's some a real signs. runner. Like, yeah. Daniel's not really a runner. He's a creator yeah, true, and stuff like true. that. Whereas Edward, you give the ball to Ed <laughs> yeah. Richards and he just fucking takes off. Daniel as well got Daniel. just involved in a lot of the chip around as well, a yeah. bit as well too. So, yeah, if when there's not as much going, you need a creator. Ned Richards can be that guy. I like both of them. Dossie, you got any uh, 2G4P yeah. candidates? I've got a couple of great ones. Oh, of course Surprised you did. you didn't snake this Is it Braden Friarini? No, no. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, that's clear. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> It's a given. Um, surprised you didn't nab this one, though. Mm-hmm. The mighty Zote. Oh. A 66 oh, average. I thought about putting He's him in coming. there. He's coming. Didn't he turn up in the prelim? Yeah. Uh, no, the, 95 or something yeah. like that on the But weekend. the week before yeah. as well, he was awesome too. Yeah. yeah. So, I think there's a clear, like, he's now just got that confidence. We've mm-hmm. seen it build this whole year. And yeah, coming into next year, I think he's just that got that confidence level, especially if he gets a flag under his belt. Um, I just see him, hopefully he can have a big grand final and really solidify that spot. But yeah, I reckon he'll be an 80 plus next year and mm-hmm. pretty solid um, option to draft who's yeah. not a huge name yeah. um, and you'll probably be able to Unless get him at Unless you listen to the Keeper League podcast. Of course. Yeah. Uh, probably the other one I'm going to go with is more of a mainstream name out there. I reckon Cam Rayner finally pops next year. Um, 60-something average as well for him. Mm. But we've seen some signs. You're talking about how Jared Lyons seems to be sort of out of favour in that midfield. Or you know, I know he was uh, injured at the end of the year mm. and didn't get back in. But I feel like that's the time next year is to bring Rayner into that midfield mix and he's going to start to really lift. He's, he's one year now removed from his ACL. He's had a full season and I think they're gonna really, he's going to explode next year. Yeah, yeah. Don't well, mind that either. Hef, Hef would love that one. Uh, I think got into I'm not it, yeah. exploder. I can just see an 80 plus. That's one. I mean. And still listed as a forward. Too. Yeah. He's yeah. so, talking about the, you know, talking 100, 100 average. Yeah, talking no, about just nice talking, little lady. Yeah. Nice little lady. And you still have the forward status, which would be perfect. Which you, which you yeah. love. Um, next one up is the 2023 Diamond in the Rough. So, a guy, you know, a bit of a seasoned veteran or a guy who's been forgotten about, who's going to come back and, and you know, um, make people pay if they've delisted him or traded him out or, you know, that kind of thing. So, my guy is Toby McLean. I like that. Um, yeah. Played the, what was it, the qualifying final, elimination, elimination final. final. First yeah. game back in the AFL this season, straight into a final of uh, his ACL. Had 100 points in that game. 21 touches, nine tackles in a big, big game. Now, if we look back, 2018, he was a 94 average forward. He was a gun. I think he averaged 80 the year after and then, 
um, had a few injury issues kind of flow on from Two there. ACLs, I think. Yeah. yeah, or something like that. And it's just bad. But came back this season, played six games in the VFL, yep. 97 average there. Um, they obviously probably wanted to hold him out as long as possible and then just let him go on that final inning. Um, he was awesome in that final. I really loved what I saw about him. And if obviously, if Josh Dunkley leaves, um, opens up a spot, like a permanent spot, whether it's, you know, midfield necessarily, but yeah. he's in that side, you know, um, whether it's half forward pinching in the in the midfield. And he was on the wing quite a bit in that final. He was, yeah. Memory, so, so, like, so then they've got a few guys that can move yeah. around bits and pieces, but uh, he's completely forgotten. Like, he's 10% owned in ultimate footy. So, you know, people have just completely forgotten about him. So, he's going to be in, he's probably going to be in, um, in draft pools next year. So, um, get him on your list. Yeah, I like that one. Well, yeah, with the eight days, he was worrying me. It's not something I'd go like if he's there late. Yeah, but, but I don't think he'll but go he's like eighteen months. He's like already played six games. He's gonna have another preseason next year. Yeah, this how, is like how the old anti- is he twenty six. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'd be nervous. What? You know, like you, you can't see a world where he doesn't average. No, 80. I, I can. Yeah. I just think he'll go before I'm willing to take him. That's all, and I'm just not willing to back in that those injuries. Don't. You've, people actually have to remember that he played that grand final because all of his stats are going to come up as zero for 2021. Played 2022. Final, I mean. yeah, yeah. They're not going to come up on your draft. I know. Things. I know. Yeah. Like so I said. He's, he's going to drop down because people rely on the last five average or the last yeah. of the season average. Maybe and he will. doesn't have one. Yeah, maybe we'll drop low enough. I don't know. That's a little tip from the Oracle. All right. <laughs> cool. Um, the next one or my... Uh, Diamond in the rough. I wouldn't say reinvigorated or anything like that, but uh, he will be reinvigorated once he gets traded. Tom Mitchell is going to bounce back next year once he goes to another club. Like it was, you could see that like he averaged ninety something this this year, and the time on ground just dipped so mm-hmm. much, and the CBA has just dipped heaps. So like, if you can still average ninety with like getting pretty much no opportunity, who's going to take him? Collingwood was the talk, but then that might hurt Friarini. So I don't really know there. Or maybe <laughs> vice versa. They exactly. want to get the real goat in. That's yeah, right. Maybe. Um, so yeah, Collingwood was the talk. Um, I don't know. Like yeah, I'm, I think there was another club. I think no, I can't remember who it was, but there was another club interested as well. So I think he does go somewhere because I think he's actually going to be. You know, he's 29, 29. He's still got plenty of good footy in him. Brownlee medalist. You know, you, that's enough factor as well. Especially, especially if you can get him on like a reasonable contract as well. So yeah, right, someone will take him for the right price. And I think Hawthorne. Are, open to offloading him because I think he's still probably worth a decent pick. Well, they have. I think they have to offload it. Like, they have to be willing to yeah. take unders or whatever they, yeah. they want to do. Yeah, and I think they will. So, I think they'll get probably something half decent for him as well. Yep. Like, you could get a, I don't know, what is it? What do you reckon? Like, a late first rounder, early second? Would that get him or? Surely. Yeah. Surely. But you know, the things are different these days with, like, peak numbers and Not even that. Just, like, contract, contract cap space is just so big as well. Like, that's actually worth, like, a bit to clubs these days as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That might seem just drop down a little bit in terms of value and people get a bit of a steal there. So, yeah. anyway, I think he gets traded and I think he goes all right next year, okay. wherever he goes. Does well, he? obviously, fair any. Because um, <laughs> he, he is one that people would look to look to be dropping off their list or not even have him at the moment. Um, but that's a pretty obvious one if he does get traded. Um, the other kind of guy, does Matt Crouch bounce back? He's a guy that I think could really have a big, Ooh, big season if, if he gets traded somewhere good. Um, does he definitely get... Yeah, he definitely goes somewhere else. Yeah, he's he? gone. No, yeah. but he does. He definitely gets. That, well, he's not out of contract. The crows is he? He's got one year left, so he definitely has to get traded. He'll yeah. get traded. Yeah. Um, and the other one, another. They're all guys getting traded, which is pretty cheap. But um, Tanner Bruin, mm. I reckon he's gonna he's gonna bite coaches that don't back him in if he does find a new home. I saw some great signs, as did UK as your boy Tanner. Yep. Um, look, he, if he finds a, a new place where he can actually play his role as an inside mid, he's just a tough nut, goes in and under. Um, I think the rumour at the moment is Geelong. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's also a pathway to get in that midfield, even though, yeah. you know, the, the ageing midfield, they're going to want to, like they we've flag said, up, they're going like, to... They might see like a... Da- like, do you reckon Dangerfield would hang up the boots if he gets a flag? Because he's no. talking about the whole time he he's like a flag. He's like 32. Yeah, I don't it? know. I think it's interesting. I don't know, yeah, like... Yeah, 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 I don't know. There's a lot of guys whether they go one, they probably have to go one more year. I yeah, don't know. but they can just like we're saying though, they can just use the regular season to like cruise through Play and then have another flag if they like yeah. you know because they've got these young youth yeah. coming through. Like and if a Tanner players. comes and they got dominates, good players at Geelong in the, yeah. in the wings. So, I think he's a nice. I think he's a nice one that's definitely going under the radar. Geelong are losing the grand final anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> uh, now next up is our 2023 stash. So a guy that um, you know is uh, under the rate, you know, off the radar, I should say, um, you know. Someone who you may not necessarily pop next year, but you want to, to kind of hold maybe for, for 2024 or someone you should maybe get on early. So, I've got a couple. Josh Gota, 
Uh, his game, um, his last, or the do- debut game in the round 23, 82 points off the half-back flank. Uh, if you saw it, you would have loved every little minute of it because his run and drive was just outstanding. Unfortunately, Aaron Hall got a one-year contract extension at, at North Melbourne, which does <laughs> annoy me a touch because um, I feel that that's uh, the role that Goda can play. But what I do like is that Goda got named the week after Alistair Clarkson got named coach. So is he just pulling a couple of strings to saying, I want to see the real goat off the halfback flank <laughs> uh, doing his thing. But um, average 15 touches uh, at 60 in the VFL this season in his first year. Look, obviously, we don't know players really break out in their third year. So I want to draft him next year in anticipation for a big 2023. Likewise, at the Crows, Zach Taylor. Um, I've been watching a bit of SNFL footy lately and he's been outstanding in the in the Sandful. Um, averaging 17 touches and 71 in the Sandful and the year before averaged 100 in the NAB League. Really good in and under player. Got great speed out the, the contest and obviously the Crows are going to start to blood some of these guys like Pedler and Taylor. So I think he's another guy that may not necessarily pop next year, but I think he's got some genuine fantasy ability. If Zach Taylor was walking down the street, I would not be able to recognize him. Uh, no small guy, mop hair. Okay, cool. Yep. Thanks. Now, now Could be anyone. Now, now I'll recognize him. <laughs> Um, I got a few that like yeah kind of in a similar vein not as probably as low down as Zach Taylor is you know obscure as that one but um, a bit more obvious ones for me but guys that I want I don't think I want to stash away maybe not for 2023 for maybe 2024 yep. 2025 just keep them on my list for a little bit longer so um, I think Nazai Wanganin Miller is mm-hmm. someone I think he's gonna that was his first year this season mm-hmm. I think you wait for his third year breakout because he'd be a winger like an outside type but a good one at that with yep. Hill going um, I know he didn't play on the wing as much this year but just those outside types for them I think he's going to be one going forward just mm-hmm. really good skills um, a player that I think they'll want the ball in his hand eventually yep. um, I think Jack Carroll showed some good signs in his few games that he played for Carlton again I think I don't know how he's going to fit into that midfield anytime soon but give him a couple of years he might develop and just overtake some of those guys so mm-hmm. he's kind of one I'm looking for 24 25 mm-hmm. um, going forward yep. this one I think could actually pop sooner um, that's Riley Thilthorpe big as well. yeah, so nice. um, he's best going to be going to be best played in the Ruckman Coming into his third season, he'll be the right size to actually start going in there a bit more. We saw that um, we saw that one of DPP half. Yeah, well, that too. But um, but I think that like, we saw we saw O'Brien get shunted out for a while to mm-hmm. um what's the backup runner's name? Strawn. Strawn. Strawny. Uh, I think they want to do something different in their ruck. Um, so I think if he as soon as he's developed and ready to go, I think he'll be thrown in there a lot more, and mm-hmm. we can see an uptick in fantasy scoring there. Plus, we know how rucks are just hard to get. And I think he'll slide just kind of... Everyone will look at him as a key forward and a low average this year. So, I think he'll slide. Sam Flanders after his finals. Again, it's the Gold Coast factor on Stewie Jew. So, he's another one I want to wait like two or three years. Needs the trade. Needs the trade. Two or three years on or hopefully gets trade. Because if he can go somewhere where he can play in the midfield, like he did in the VFL, he's got serious fantasy potential. As soon as Ferrini stopped playing as well, his disposals... He pretty much took that role and was getting like high 30s and stuff. So that's why I don't think next year, but I think stash him away for a little bit longer and hopefully gets traded. Mm. And then, yeah. Just uh, going back to Phil Thorpe, in his like final year of um, juniors, he was playing league football at Sandfield level and averaged 10 hit outs a game. Yeah. So like he was rucking against genuine men as a yeah. 18-year-old kid. So like yeah. he can do it. His he's, athleticism, he's, like he's the modern footballer, like tall footballer, like Ruckman. Mm-hmm. Like you look at O'Brien, who's a bit of a giraffe and Strong is not much different. I think he could just offer something different for the Crows if they play him in there, more of that athletic Rucky, Tim English type of player. Yep. I think, yeah, he's going to be a good one. So yep. I'm ready for his third year breakout next year. I think Ruckman, you generally wait to about 21, 22, maybe even longer, 23. Like You've got to them. be patient. Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dossetron? Dossi. I had him in my head now they've uh, <laughs> disappeared. Uh, Devin Robertson, who we just saw play a bit more in the midfield. Obviously, yeah. I've already said Cam Rainer I think is going to break out. But I think Dev Rob as well, if we do see Lions kind of pushed out of that midfield rotation, which I think is coming next year. They need to switch things Anyone up. Anyone that debuted this year that you like the look of, but will probably take some time. Is there anyone? Oh, like more debutants. Yeah. yeah, what do you think? Like, yeah, anyone? Um, there's a guy I really want to stash. He's kind of coming up in my... Um, in my uh, bus, though, so maybe I won't mention that one. Okay. Um, nice little bit of sizzle. Yeah, sorry. I, th- I misread this one. I, I thought stash is in like... Oh, okay. There's someone here. Um, Mitch Owens. There we go. That's a good one. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty big on, on Mitchie Owens. So, I've I actually had him on my bus, but I had to remove him just late there because I just switched around a few. But um, <laughs> <laughs> This he, bus is look, just going to swap every... He, he was very like close it. to being on the bus. I've just loved the way he's finished the year. Something about him reminds me of Josh Dunkley. Uh, he's just got that strong contested mark as a forward, but at the same time can really tackle, can get in and under when he plays midfield. 
And I also see that um, the ability for him to move into the midfield pretty quickly as well. Um, I know they're talking him up as their next Jack Steele and stuff in the preseason. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he, he's probably my number one guy. Uh-huh. And last up is the B2P candidate. So, a, you know, former gun or guns or whatever that is probably going to find their way back into the podcast because their average is going to dip below 80. Um, I want to – it's probably easy, easy kill naming older kind of guys, but I think uh, Dane Zorko and Jared Lyons are two that I think are going to go backwards quite quickly. Um, you know, Zorko is like 33, 34. Lyons is about 31, I think. Age is going to – Age and injury, especially. I think uh, Lyons has had a lot of OP this year, which is why he's been down on form and, um, you know, Zorko potentially in his last season. What I love about, you know, someone like Kadeen Coleman has just been amazing off halfback. Like, uh, Daniel Rich is such a good user. Like, they've got Answorth, they've got uh, Starsevich. They've got a really good back unit. Like, for me, Zorko's superfluous to needs back there, especially when you've got the run and drive of Coleman. So, I think that we're going to find, you know, maybe Zorko just kind of play a bit of a, almost like a Trent Cotchen role where just kind of plays where they need him just and he's out there for the, you know, the the experience and the leadership kind of role. And and Lions obviously missed the final series. They tried to get him, um, they played him in a VFL game, but didn't, you know, come out, come through with it with his, um, with his injury issues. Plus, if they get Josh Dunkley, like, you know, I can see that Dunkley spending a lot more time in that midfield and, and Lions out. So I think that those two guys are, are guys I'd be very you know, happy to, to delist or you know try and move on if I was owners. I ran a few numbers for this segment just to kind of get a bit of a few ideas of who to talk about. For players aged over twenty seven, mm. these these two guys, Zorko and Lyons, had the biggest regression. One ranked one and two for the really? biggest regression in points this year. It's amazing when stats and gut feel just really line <laughs> yeah, up. Line. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. So that's uh, that's something to think about there. So given their age factors and how much they regressed in terms of scoring this year. Mm bit disappointing from those two and I just can't, I can't see him getting back up there nah, too old I think they're done yeah um, for me in the same kind of vein I had a look um, Lockie Whitfield is one for mine because I okay. think well he, he needs kind of that defender status to be super valuable mm-hmm. and he kind of just sits on a wing a bit more these days and he's just not scoring well as a result now we know we've got Pipes Kingsley yep. coming in so <laughs> we don't know those are some significant <laughs> pipes they are huge um, <laughs> Yes, now becoming a GWS supporter just purely so he can uh, watch more press conferences. Yeah. I want to know what he's doing. <laughs> what he's doing in the gym. Um, what's his uh, What's his workout regime? What's his uh, What's his um, supplement regime? Really, yeah. these things are huge from what he used to be. But anyway, um, it's funny when you see old dudes just really stacking. <laughs> yeah, just you know what it is though, as well. It's like the gym is like the lazy man's like exercise because like you don't have to run or build up a sweat or anything. You just and they're there every day, yeah, so they yeah, just exactly. throw a bit of tin around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I love them so much. But anyway, yeah, so that's why I reckon. You see the old dudes just like pop, like stack it on instead of actually like keep the weight off. They just convert that weight to to muscle. But anyway, um, Lockie Whitfield for me. I just don't know what his role is going to be. We'll have to wait. It's a wait and see with a new coach. I would be more concerned if it was the same old, same old. I'm a bit more optimistic now there is a new coach coming in. But mm-hmm. if he's a winger, like does he score that well? Is he that valuable if he's only averaging 80, 90 on a wing? Um, he might be one that comes back to the, the podcast. You, you picked on Jake Lloyd a lot this year, but he's definitely one that deserves more picking on considering the <coughs> defender status and the way he scored this I, year. I, I was a noble gentleman and left Jake Lloyd off this uh, show <laughs> because, you know, I'm a good bloke. Because <laughs> he's going to be... All right, I worked it out. He was basically out of the guys that are going to keep defender status next year. He's top six. He's just outside the top five. All right. So, uh, from sorry, that's from the point you wrote him off. He was basically sixth. Out of the guys Look, that are going to keep defender status. Maybe it's the rocket he needed. Maybe. Thank you for it. Oh, I, I'm pleasure. grateful for it. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. <laughs> the other one is a, this is a bit of a barb. <laughs> so I don't know if I believe it or not, but Ben Keys. <laughs> that is the worst call you've ever made <laughs> on the podcast. He might be back to the pod. <laughs> I know that he had that injury. It came out that he did have the shoulder uh, injury. Keys had minor surgery to repair his AC joint this week. Yep. Keezy minor has, surgery. Keezy had yeah. been battling with the shoulder the last three or four weeks of the season and yeah. the decision was made to have it repaired. Now, when did he start dropping off his scores? Oh, the last three to four weeks. Your yeah. data machine's broken. Don't know about the last four weeks. If you look at overall in the overall season, he's quite down from what he was the previous year. But um, I think more so that you're going to have more up-and-comers. If, if his shoulder was that bad, why didn't they just send him off for surgery when the season's Heart done? And soul, my that's, friend. That's what they I They want thinking. to win showdowns. Yeah, well, they didn't do too well there. That was always well, no, but, you know, you, you know. But, yeah, we, so I the figure... The Crows might value winning, unlike Paul. I, I also figure that, like, 
if I don't know, I guess he is a grunt player, but like he's playing forward that much better for your shoulder. You have to you have to reach up to take marks. He's a pressure forward, so he's laying tackles. Like, is it even that much better to Look, rest I, the I'm shoulder? Not, up I'm not a high performance manager, yeah. but the last four fast last four games of the season: 49, yeah. 72, 45, 89. Before that, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven hundreds. I still think like with the the writing's on the wall there though with him. I think because like. Crows midfield, they need to do something with their midfield if they're going to get any better. They mm. need better users in there. And unfortunately, Keyes is probably the worst of the users in there. I know he is like an inside beast, but like you got someone like Barry who kind of does that and can use the ball a little bit better than he can. Ooh. So, yeah. I'm not, I'm not writing my boy off. I've got the badge on for a reason. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> stick together. he's a candidate. Doesn't mean he's definitely going to go there. It just means he's in the running. You know, not everyone wins elections. Dossie, let's talk some sense win. now. All right. B2P. Got a few. Um, I think potentially one of the Carlton midfielders can drop back because there's just too much competition in there this year. I think we saw Is a bit Chera? of- No, I think Chera would be fine. I think it's going to be one of Hewitt or Kennedy that is- significantly regresses maybe maybe not quite to b2p but i'm thinking kennedy's one that could like we've never seen him do this before he's come in he's had one good season basically um and then he got injured so i think there's just too much competition for for touches in there and that we didn't really see them all together if they're all healthy you've got yeah. crips you've got chera who you know was unhealthy for a fair bit this year you have patty Depp. no i'm just kidding you have um <laughs> sam walsh um hewitt Kennedy, like there's just five or six names and even Setterfield came in late in the season and was looking pretty good inside. So I just think one of those guys, I'm going for a scalp. I'm not going for the easy old man. I'm just going to look, look at those I like that. I do like the call. Yeah. So and, and also they played an incredibly fantasy friendly game this year and obviously it didn't amount to Much. a finals appearance. Yeah. So do yeah. they change their game plan and get less fantasy relevant? They're do one they of the go best like fantasy more teams. Collingwood and be more That's defensive right. and stuff so, like that? Um, yeah. yeah, going for a look. <laughs> A little bit of a different one there, boys. I do like that. I think Jack Viney's the other one, probably. 96 points this year. Um, and big. And they moved him out. He only averaged 79 in his last five, I think it was. Yeah, um, Sparrow got more time in the Sparrow, middle Sparrow, Gus Brayshaw moved in there. Yeah. They've come off a loss, obviously, like going out straight sets, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, they might be looking to shake things up. He'll still obviously play a lot of midfield. I just mean, does he become more of the impact over high scores? Just back to yeah. what he was. Yeah. Like, yeah just a couple of different names there, boys. That's all fair. Now, the time that everyone's been waiting for, it is the announcement of our buses. Uh, this would be, you know, once <laughs> this, it's out- This once, was so stressful. Once it's out really? there, Doss, it is- you can't you can't oh, change no, your bus oh, numbers no. until Actually, until oh, next yeah. season. So, mm. as soon as you read them out, they are the five. So, we've gone with five each. Now, I like that me and Doss had a nice mutual respect going that we both didn't name the Zote on the bus. So, um, <laughs> the Zote spends equal amount of time between uh, both <laughs> buses. Just, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Just, he's just Same floating up. between. He's Although just floating between. I'm disappointed you've put one that we also have joint custody on there. Yeah, but, but I, I, let mate, you I, I called him way before. You let you have so, No, you never did. It's, uh, anyway, so I'm going to go through my five on the bus. Obviously, Ben Keyes, uh, you know, the wearing driver. The right now. You know, I'm wearing my Ben Keyes badge. He is up the front. Uh, not far behind him, Dylan Moore. Um, you know, fuck the doubters. Dylan Moore is uh, an absolute superstar. Uh, we saw some of his this guy's brilliance last night, Chad Warner. God, I love this guy. He's going to win a Brownlow medal for sure. Then this is the guy that Doss is a little bit salty about. It's Maxi Holmes. Uh, GC's been playing some good footy of late. Hopefully, he can get up for the grand final. Such a shame to see him miss. But He's like uh, the one Geelong player. I like, I've worked Z- this out. Yeah. I, like, I like Holmes. Yeah. I like Zote. I like. No, I don't really love the Zote. Ah. I think he's. I think he's fine. But he's not. He's not as, as hateable yeah. as the rest of them. I think it was Stengel was the one I liked, and yep. I don't mind Tom Atkins. Just a bit of no fuss player. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. So it's Holmes Zote. <laughs> yeah. I like watching Jeremy Cameron. I don't necessarily no, like, I don't love, love him as a bloke. Yeah. But um, and I also like Stengel too. So yeah. that's the that's the reason I'm barracking for Sydney on yeah, the weekend because I actually yeah. hate too many Geelong players. But Maxi Holmes would have absolute stays on a bus and a little bit of an up and coming one. We were talking about our bus strategy before the show, Dossie, and um, I'm going. I'm going early. I'm going Jake Salego. He's got a seat on my bus. So I think he's going to be a genuine star. So. Welcome to the bus, Jake. Hef. I'm getting them on. My first three are 2G4P, but it's only because like I was on them a long time ago. So James Warple. Them in. <laughs> nah, wish he was. He's not 2G4P. Damon Graves. <laughs> Definitely not 2G4P. He's not AFL standard. Um, but yeah, on this guy a long time ago was Andrew Brayshaw. Yep. Casey wrote him off as he'll never be a good fantasy scorer. Yeah, yeah I did. I don't know if I apologised a million times for that. I gave up Gary Ablett Jr. to get him. 
So the greatest player of all time. Yeah, to get Andrew Brayshaw. So that's what I gave up in a trade. Straight swap. Um, with Gary Ablett's with two. It was when he went back to Geelong. I think he got forward status. Mm. That was what I was willing to give up to get Andrew Brayshaw into my team. Because you're going to have the 2023 Brownlow medalist on the side next year. Not oh, this next, year. Sorry, no, next sorry. Year. Yeah, 2023. Yeah, perhaps. So yeah, and a fantasy gun at that like at what 159 in round two or something like that, and was the one 180, the bro. 180 was it? Yeah. yeah. And he had, I think he had a 150 in there as well somewhere along the line mm. too. And then you know he was one of the top three, wasn't he, uh, for fantasy averages for the season? Something like that. Yeah, up yeah. there. Um, we don't. We don't. We don't Spent too much nah, time talking about, no, guys. Talk about those <laughs> <Yeah>. guys. <laughs> then the other one's Jack Steele. Like I traded my fa- probably one of my favourite players at the time, Travis Boak, who was listed as a forward at the time too. Traded him for Jack Steele. That's how much I backed him uh, in three or four years ago. He's one that's come good for me. Then Carl Amon, I was laughed out the room when I drafted him in the first round last season, and he was the only player. I didn't laugh. Well, most of the room did. <laughs> most of the room did. <laughs> and uh, I drafted him in the first round. Dossie, you were off him too. And then last year, he averaged ninety nine point nine or something like that. Ninety five this year or something. like and that. And then ninety five this year. But he was the only player. He was in our draft. The dra- the, t- the time I took him, he was the highest averaging player from that year's draft in our league. <sighs> so, yeah, I was pretty happy with that one. So a lot of love for Carl Amon for helping me prove the doubt is wrong. The last two are a bit more. Um, the last two are a bit more, uh, a bit more. You know, more upper alley. Still on Stevens, I think he's going to be a gun uh, going forward. And Archie Perkins, I've got a lot of time for as well. So yeah, I love the yeah, perk. They're my. You know, I've got to have my my stars on the bus. The guys that I backed in for a long time, and they'll always be there. But then, uh, yeah, Dylan Stevens and Archie Perkins to round those off. Dossie, well, who's on your who's on yeah. your greyhound? Okay, line, so these ones are pretty stock standard, of course. Yeah. Braden Fairini, number one. He's got the front seat, of course, he does. right next to me on the bus. Um, the recent song "Free Arini, get the hashtag going. Uh, if you're still listening to this, just tweet it out. Um, we need to get him out of there, out Hang of on. the suns. Just quickly, did you get a cheeky like from someone on that? Look, I'm not going to name names, but there was a certain big name that gave- A certain Gold Coast image. player that could be getting traded a out certain, that liked the video. A certain goat. Perhaps, perhaps the subject perhaps of the video. Perhaps liked the video, <laughs> suggesting that Dossie has got the scoop and the trade is inbound. Um, but yes, uh, Freya Rainey, definitely the front seat. Paddy Dow, gee, he's he's close enough to that front seat as well. Maybe, so there's, get a, maybe there's two seats in the front. You've got um, a photo of Is he going to get traded? I do. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard too much. I think um, they, boys could get they floated his name out there and then I think he was pretty much like, no, I want to prove that I can fit in this midfield, yeah. which talking <sighs> about the depth that I just did before of how deep that midfield is at the moment and where he's sitting, mm. dominating VFL and not getting a game. Um Probably not the best choice. It's probably going to be tough to yeah. tough mm. to crack in, but see a, how it goes. That's that's uh, betting, that's betting, betting on yourself, though. That's betting on yourself. Paddy believes, and so do I. Um, third on the bus, Jake Bowie. <laughs> that was always going to unfortunately come. pushed out of the uh, that defensive rotation uh, late in the year. Was managing to dominate in the VFL though, and you know I still see long term him being a star. I've got an interesting one here. As this my is fourth very seat, unique. Fourth seat on the bus. Bespoke. Look. You've got to back in. These are the people like I've got to chuck in a couple. of These have been on the bus for years, but this guy, I'm still backing him in after a what was a weird year of Glen- 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 fever, double glanch. Yeah. You know, yeah. he had like it all year, didn't play a game. Uh, Will Phillips of North Melbourne. Ever since bus. he he yeah he was just dominating in the um in the juniors. I remember he had a game. It was like a semi final or something in the NAB League years ago, and it was when he was an underager playing in the same team as like Noah Anderson, Matt Rowe, and he was bog, like yeah. killing. And then he's a, y- a year younger than them all. Yeah. Um, it's been a strange couple of years in the system for him, but- My favourite thing so far, you've got four guys who aren't best 22. Um, hang on. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's what it's about. Uh, <laughs> and then my fifth, a late inclusion due to uh, some- due to some. <laughs> Custody wars that have been occurring. Oh, you dirty and, dog. And I've held. I've you haven't. <laughs> you haven't, have you? The zoat. He's back, he's back in. He's back in. Good on He's you. back on the bus. You absolute dog. <laughs> Can I just ask you a few questions? So Lipinski doesn't. You wrote a song about him. Mm. Had 30,000 views on YouTube. Yeah. Forty thousand yeah. views on TikTok. A bit stiff. You not back A bit in? stiff. Not to what not to get on the bus. Humor cluggage. There's also a song about him. Well, he's, he's you know he's, he's two G. We don't necessarily name these two guys G have graduated kind of from the bus. You're allowed. They've had their journey. You're allowed to have them on there if you backed them in early. That's. Uh, got to their destination and they're that's right I don't you know, kick blokes off the bus once they're on they're on they have to they have mm, to, that's 
so yeah. good for their development. They have to stink it up. Look, having to do year twelve. Over you know, and that's over why again. I do have a double decker though. They're sort of sneakily up <laughs> yeah. upstairs. They just, just jump on every now and then. Not, and, um, these are the front seat. This the other the one is the other one I was thinking about Jaden Stevenson. You got a lot of time yeah, for that guy. Yeah, um, I've got a lot of time. I've never sort of. I never got on early though, which I think is a prerequisite. You have to okay. get get on early. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was kind of late to the late to the Stevenson party. So. All right. Uh, lastly, just to you know, wrap it all up. So we've got the Brownlow tonight and the grand final next week. Mm. Uh, just what are we feeling? Who's going to win the Brownlow? Who's going to win the flag? And who's going to take home Normie next weekend? Dossie, um, you want to start off? Um, I had a nibble on Took Miller for the Brownlow uh, preseason, so I'm hoping that comes off. So, nice. you know, sometimes these players on the sort of um, middle to low, like on the ladder tend to pull pretty well and I don't think he's got much competition for when and right. you know they won, a, yeah. they won 10 games I think so yeah. you know he's a sneaky chance I think to, to pulse pretty well yeah. Lockie Neal for mine I just think commentators just love talking about him I think mm. just people, players I just talked about heaps I think uh, generally, and then like you know you look at you look at his numbers for the year you know pretty decent like one of the best seasons you mm. know he's had it's probably yep. as good as his Brownlow year as well um, and again is there that much competition for him? I know Hugh McCluggage went hot mm. real late, but yeah, I think he's going to he's gonna go okay as well. Yeah. So I think he's right up there. Uh, I agree with Lockie Neal. And I think uh, your boy, Andrew Brayshaw, is tracking the right way, but I think he needs this year to- He tapered off a bit, I think. Plus, he yeah. was really only known in the fantasy circles last year and he hasn't got the you know full the hype. The hype, so he's going to get his hype year next year. I reckon he's yep. a good one to get on for next year. What I will say, I reckon Cripps will be leading by like 10 votes yeah, by, absolutely. Rounds, by round absolutely. six. Absolutely, and like, then get nothing. And well, I don't know, could he? Could he well, linger? I think he's favourite or he's he could second favourite. Like he's he, close, I, yeah. He's going to go threes for like every yeah. week for the first like six to so eight weeks before he gets thing. injured. Yeah. And then comes back, has some monster games again for three. But like he, yeah. he'll poll very, very well. Uh, so who wins the flag next weekend? I'm going to go Geelong because a mate of mine goes to Sydney and I don't want to be happy. <laughs> I'm going on the data. The, uh, the team that has the bigger... Um, the bigger prelim win generally loses. It's just okay. most of the time, if whoever smashes in the prelim loses. Like you look at the dogs yeah. last year, went on, and I think both teams actually smashed last year. But then I know it just seems to always work out that way. The team that has the biggest prelim win loses the grand final. So one point win for Sydney, they're going to be primed and ready. I'm barking for Sydney. I hope they win. Who do you no. think wins over? Who's uh, your head think? If you're the I actually do think. If you have to put I'm, the house on a team. Until three quarter time, I thought Sydney are going to win the flag next year, and I was a bit um, worried about how they kind of finished off the game. Yesterday, I think they just didn't take it on. They didn't. They kind of just got a bit. Collingwood always just have outrun plus teams, lately. though. So I don't know. But yeah. I, I think Geelong will win. But I'm so in on Sydney backing. Yeah. Um, Norm Smith, Dossy, who wins the Normie? The Norm. Um, let's have a think. I'm happy to go if Sydney Sydney win Chad Wall. Actually, Sydney win Luke Parker wins it. Luke Parker's been in fucking such good form. Uh, And if Geelong win, I think it's all going to come down to Jeremy Cameron. He'll kick like five or six or something like that and just get away from the McCartans. Yeah, I think Luke Parker uh, definitely for Geelong. I don't know. Like, I think just someone like Selwood will have a semi-decent game, and they'll just give it to him because he's like, yeah, everyone thinks he's, he's the greatest leader ever, and mm-hmm. you know, doesn't duck his head ever or anything like that. But anyway, yeah. you can tell I don't lie. You can tell I still haven't got over the 2007 grand final. Right? Just yeah, yes. <laughs> still haven't got there. Dangerfield, <laughs> and let's go cheeky with a papley. Kick oh, five, kick ooh. five, get real revved up. Your buddy could do something like that though as well if he True. does. Yeah, goes big. Um, all right, so that's, that's basically the wrap on on today's little show. All right, so I guess we got a bit of an announcement, I guess, or is it news? I don't really know what it is, Kaz. You can you can talk us through it. What is it? Um, I, I joined Dame Gay Dame Gay Dame, Dame Gay Squad. What are it called? Game, Game Day, Day Squad. Game Day Squad. It's great. So I'm, I'm into Pokemon Fantasy. Is great. Yeah, Pokemon Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, anything else? No. Uh, so next year we've had a bit of a chat offline with the lads. Uh, I think Dossie's in a bit of the same boat from my understanding, but I'm stepping away from the pod as a full time host. Uh, so Hef is going to take the reins. So Welcome it'll be Hef's Hef little show. baby. Welcome to the Hef show. Um, but don't worry, you're not going to have to listen to Hef dribble shit all by himself um, basically the plan is going forward we're going to kind of have a bit of a, a rotating roster so yeah. uh, I think me and Dossie will be on at least once a month um, going Hopefully, forward yeah. and uh, if we can pop in a bit uh, bit more often we will but um, you'll have the same kind of uh, fully fantastic um, in depth look at footy from a fantasy point of view but I'm just stepping away a bit uh, for family reasons next year so um, 
just can't commit as much time as I probably wanted to make the pod exceptional. Yeah. And uh, in that said, we, we're pro- probably thinking maybe once a month you're still going to be on. I'll definitely thing. be on. I'm committing yeah, yeah. to once a month. Yeah, and yeah. if not, if I can sneak on another time, I definitely will. So yeah. I'm not going to be completely gone and I'll still be doing some yep. articles and bits and pieces and yep. I'll copy, come in the preseason stuff and um, sprinkle some Oracle magic. But uh, apart from that, yeah, f- when the season kind of kicks off proper, I'll, I'll might be um, doing as much. Congrats, mate, on a, on a, um, Series of long term, long term hosts. Four years, yeah. yeah four listening years. before, obviously jumping on. Listening, you guys did a great job. So yeah. And Dossie, you're kind of in the same boat. Is that? Oh, I haven't correct? made a decision. You haven't made mate. a decision yet. Yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll see Sorry, we'll I've, I've retired yeah. Dossie before <laughs> he was even ready for it. Yeah, I wasn't really sure if you had made up your mind yet or not. We'll talk. Um, now the the plan is going forward that there'll be more rotating guests as well, so it won't just be the same voices uh, each week. I've definitely got a few more people that are confirmed, um, and then a few more kind of guests that'll be one off type things and people in the fantasy community and people you'll know, um, and chipping away at a few kind of other big names and stuff like that as well. So there will be mm. people you know you've heard of before. Um, just popping in but yeah it might be a bit more where I kind of direct the conversation a bit more and kind of other people just pop in and comment and stuff like that so yeah hopefully the listeners are cool with that but um, yeah no yeah. hopefully they are. but uh, <laughs> obviously um, yeah thanks to everyone for being awesome supporters of the pod obviously still be involved just uh, not as as much week to week but um, still look forward to watching a bit of footy and uh, sharing my thoughts and opinions on Twitter or Throw out some articles randomly and stuff like that, but um, that's been very, very good fun. And I'll, um, yeah, I'll be uh, nah, thank eager you guys. to see how it goes next year. Obviously, I think it goes without saying that you know, we couldn't have done what we've achieved together, you know, already. You know, we couldn't have built it to be this kind of big True. and be this sort of a brand and have this sort of a following if, um, yeah, you weren't involved. So, yeah, no, nah, thanks heaps for helping out. And like I said, it's not the end because you're still gonna no. be on quite a bit next yeah. year, but it's just not in the same basis, that's all. Yeah. Um, Speaking of uh, things going forward, um, sign up as a member to get you access to the off-season podcast. So um, I'll try to, well, I will, I endeavour anyway, to get a finals recap up, a trade period recap, and a rookie draft podcast up going Ooh, as well. So That's the yeah. gold stuff. And I there. have been doing, knowing that Kays has taken a bit of a step back, I've been doing a lot of draft research and I am bloody excited for it. You're going to so. nail. Yes. Have, you, so, have uh, you watched some footage year? this year? Not a heap of Not footage, quite. but like, it's like f- bits and pieces that I can find. But I think more will come out of the next few weeks. Juicy stats though. Lots of stats, lots of just write-ups and yeah. scouting reports and stuff like that. Mm, though, so looking forward to that. Um, I haven't yeah. even looked yet, so I'm keen. Oh, I'm so <laughs> bloody excited. Like, like I said, I've never, Kays has usually been the one that's kind of been on the draft stuff, so I've kind of had to take the reins there, but didn't realise how kind of fun it could be. So it's good. Yeah, Tell yeah. me more about Ashcroft, please. He's gonna be number one. That's all you need. And he's gonna be a gun. So that's all you need to that's know. Right. Yeah, take him, pick one. Um, but yeah, there's a few other names that are gonna be coming up. So yeah, mm. just just stay tuned. Ooh, yeah, diamonds yeah. in the rough. Anyway, so yeah, there'll be a finals podcast next week, and I'm getting I've got two guests lined up. Ooh. Hopefully they both come through because post grand final. Might be a different story, but uh, yeah, who knows how big those weekends can get. But um, yeah, it's a it's a familiar duo that you might have heard before. But um, okay. yeah, they were. You might have to get the HJs in the room for that one too after, <laughs> after grand final week. Maybe that'll do a few blue lagoons to you know take the <laughs> yeah. edge off as well. So what's All a right. fine drop in the end? Right. Thank, Thank you. you. Anyways, we'll wrap it up for. The season, I guess. So cool. been good. Thank you for listening and yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Dossing Gaze will be around. So yeah. Farewell. Enjoy. Get you. See ya. Bye.